Hi there, all you people who listen to podcasts to such a degree that you're listening to this podcast because <laughs> you have to be really probably listening to quite a few podcasts or it's like you like, okay, I need a podcast that will just like fill like 30 minutes or something. I don't want to have to like listen to like half a podcast now and then listen to another half a podcast later. Do you think that the only people that listen to this listen to it accidentally? <laughs> Uh, I think it's probably a decent, like, I think you probably have people, like, checking it out. and then, Like, it's a, it. it's like a butt dial, but with a, <laughs> with a podcast, uh, download and play. Yeah, it's like, uh, they try to, you know, they were, or it's maybe. It's butt it was, play. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a, you know, sexual double entendre, or, well, it sounds like a single entendre if it was actually <laughs> being literal. Single entendre. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what entendre means. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Wikipedia it. Me, while mean, you could <laughs> while you continue to uh, do the so, intro, opening, yeah, do the classic intro of the podcast. Get the part where I actually say the name of the podcast. Yeah, which I think. don't think we did last week. No, I, I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. I don't think we introduced ourselves, but I think mm, that's uh, that's always happened. a plus. Yeah. We can get away. I mean, they know our names because our names are in the name of the podcast. Yeah. They don't know who's who at the zoo. It's a real, it's a real who's who is of people at the zoo. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think it's a Dr. Seuss book, right? Or is that just a book? I think is Dr. Seuss. It just kind of sounds like a Dr. Seuss who's thing. Who at the zoo? It has to be something, but it doesn't have its own Wikipedia. Wait, no, here, who's who in the zoo? Ah. Uh, Who's Who in the Zoo is a Warner Brothers cartoon in the Looney Tunes series. Aha. Uh, oh, interesting. Who's Who in the Zoo is one of the cartoons that Warner was occasionally produced that featured few or none of its stable of characters, just a series of gags, usually based on outrageous stereotypes that plays on words. Hmm. Uh, like, let's see, here's... Uh, there is also a running joke about a lion who is awaiting the arrival of the ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. A lion, hmm? <laughs> yeah. When's uh, that ice cream truck gonna get here, huh? Other creatures include a missing lynx, mm. a, tortoise, a tortoise and the hare, H-A-I-R, March hares who march to a drumbeat, a down-his-luck bomb steer, a bald eagle wearing a toupee, and... An Indian elephant attired as an American Indian. <laughs> oh boy! You had to get there eventually. There's gonna be the part where it became racially problematic. Oh, film set in zoos. I'll click on that Wikipedia sub. Oh wait, uh, did you introduce the podcast already? Nope, I got distracted. I did not. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. Because I have the double entendre entry Great. up. Uh, anyways, this is a uh, Chris and Matt's skin Wikipedia where we look at stuff on Wikipedia and we just talk and do whatever we do. Like, for example, right now I'm on the category Film Set and Zeus page. I'll get to that in a second. But first, double entendre. Okay, I'm Matt. Uh, okay, the <laughs> etymology of the double entendre is the expression comes from French double equals double <laughs> and entendre, which means to hear but also ah. to understand. However, mm. the English form formulation is a corruption of authentic French expression, ah, double entendre. Modern French uses double sense instead. The phrase double entendre has no real meaning in the <laughs> modern French language. Uh-huh, that, that the, the French, The French were like, the Americans have bastardized this <laughs> so much that we're, it has no meaning to us anymore. Yeah, it's like, um... Uh, What's it like? 
Shagadelic. It just bastardized yeah. so much. Yeah. It no longer has any meaning. How is the how is the phrase Shagadelic been bastardized, do you think? I don't know. Austin Powers did it. Or yeah, but f- like how is it cha- how is the meaning changed? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think it's so, it's like uh one of those things where it's said so often that it loses all meaning. Like Shagadelic. Has Shagadelic no been means. said so often? Okay, now I'm at the entry for Shagadelic, which redirects to the Austin Powers uh entry. That track. Which is fair enough, fair enough. Oh yeah. When are we gonna get that third Austin Powers movie, huh? <laughs> they made it already. <laughs> Oh, the fourth one, excuse me. Yeah, I don't know when uh, Mike Myers is not doing cameos in movies about Queen. I don't know. Mike Myers is, well, he had that TV show where he's hosting the Gog show as a character, so he doesn't yeah. seem like he... Is that still happening? I don't think so. I think that like there was like, a We've whole We've talked bunch... about that before. Yeah, it's really weird. We've talked about a lot of things before, because like, they're doing they they're doing a whole revitalization of game shows like on ABC, like the match game with Jesus. Alex Baldwin. They did Pressure Luck, hosted by Elizabeth Banks. Michael Strand was hosting Pyramid. And they also did Gong Show, which was more of like a comedic sort of like um, arch sort of take on the game show. Uh, but um, like they had a fake, they had Mike Myers hosting as a character, like named Tommy something or other, as opposed to the original host. Well, was was Chuck Barris the host, or did he just produce? I'm trying to remember if Chuck Barris host. I think Chuck Barris hosted the Gong Show. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, Rockwell played him in the movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind because mm-hmm. Chuck Barris, who was like a producer on game shows, I believe, hosted the Gong Show, also claimed that he was a CIA assassin. Uh, so that that's what the movie's about. Is George Clooney's directorial debut? Drew Barrymore and Julia Roberts are in it. It's a pretty good movie. It's written by Charles Charlie Kaufman. Uh, Charles, he quotes <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Uh, can I go back to Austin Powers? Because I'm looking at the Wikipedia yeah, for Austin sure, Powers now, and it's good stuff. Uh, first of all, can you can you guess how much the first Austin Powers movie made in comparison to the second Austin Powers movie? Oh, because like uh, it's, it's so such a massive jump. It's, I know it's huge. I know it's crazy much. how much. Like word of mouth and home video did for the Austin Powers yeah. franchise in just like you could say two years, but it's really probably more <laughs> likely like one year. Yeah, and then yeah, it made that. It's, well, oh, I mean that could be as much as like a hundred million. It's a lot more than that. Oh wow, um, a hundred fifty million. It's two hundred and fifty million more. Oh dollars. my god, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, sure. I saw Austin Powers 2 in theater whereas I watched Austin Powers the first one probably on VHS still back then. Oh, I saw Austin Powers 1 in theater and my dad hated it. Ooh, wow. See, my <laughs> said, dad, it was, said it was too British. My dad's the one who uh, suggested, hey, we should watch Austin Powers. It's a good movie. And then we as, watched as, it. A, as the family? I think it was just me and my dad because uh, uh, my brother and sister would probably been too young, but I would have mm. been like just old enough where he'd be like, hey, I think I could probably watch this with my uh, son, and uh, my wife won't want to watch it because it won't, she won't, maybe my, my mom watched it at some point, I don't know. Uh, but I remember just watching it with my dad, and then going to see the second one in the theaters, uh, 
with a friend of mine, maybe multiple friends. I don't remember. I just remember. And uh, I saw it like three times in theaters. I was obsessed with Spy Shagney, a film that, having watched it recently, isn't very good. No, it's not good. It's it's. it's I, I really like the first Austin. The Powers. first one we, is good. We may have talked about this before, probably, too, because it's a it's a topic of conversation. <laughs> Spy Shagney like really grosses me out. Uh, yeah, especially the way that they treat Vert Troyer in that film, and also the scene where uh, Austin drinks fat bastards uh, shit. <laughs> And also the depiction of Fat Bastard in that movie is yeah, also really awful. I, I, the only thing about that joke about him drinking that, that I think is funny, the only thing that saves it is that when he finds out, he goes back and drinks it again. That, that, he, no, it cuts. He takes a drink and goes, it's a bit nutty, and everyone's like, ew. But no, they don't no, no, tell no, him. No, 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 you got that 100% wrong, dude. What happens is he drinks it, and he goes, this coffee tastes like shit, and then yeah. Basil Exposition goes, uh... Austin it is shit. He goes, oh, yeah. it's just not me then. And then he drinks Yeah, no, 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 but that, that isn't him recognizing, like, this is actual feces. That's him saying, oh, Basil agrees, this is just bad coffee. No, I think what it means is that he realizes Mm-mm. that it, what he's drinking. Look, he's... You, can, you, can, you can save this for your fan theories about Austin Powers. <laughs> this is not a fan he, theory. It's obvious. No, he is, he is responding to, it's just shit coffee. No. He's not saying, okay, I want to drink this shit. <laughs> I disagree. I think he 100% is drinking it with intention after that. Well, cool we'll leave it up it. to the we'll leave it up to the the viewers. <laughs> yeah. At <Yeah>. home. <laughs> Our at home viewers. Uh, tweet at Chris your shit if uh, Chris is right, and tweet at Chris your really shit if uh, he's wrong. Yeah, tweet to. At it's Bazooka Joe, the Bazooka Joe. <laughs> Your <Twitter> shit. <laughs> also tweeted at uh, at Doughboys because they do a lot of hashtags for their various yeah, t- like. Polls tweet and- at a d- different podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to bring our engagement numbers up. <laughs> yeah, to uh, more than zero. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, I've been looking at this film set in zoos uh, thing for a while. It's got you know uh, we bought a zoo. It's got the zookeeper. Uh, it also has, of course, films such as Jurassic Park, which is apparently <laughs> set in a zoo. Well, uh, technically, ba- I guess. Batman, I... yeah, Batman Returns. Oh yeah, that's and, got a lot of zoo of stuff. The 2016 American film Split, which mm. is listed as being set in a zoo. Ah, uh, are they under a zoo or something in that movie? I don't remember much of zoo I stuff. I think they're um, under the table and dreaming. Dave Batman bad style. It's apparently also a movie called Zoom Bees, which is a made-for-television science fiction action horror film from 2016. Uh, I don't know what channel. My guess is it's there on the Sci-Fi Channel. Let's see here, 87 minutes long. A sequel to Zoom Bees 2. Uh, Zoom. Oh, found the co- koala's cerebral cortex. What the? F- when? Where did this air? It says made for TV, but it doesn't tell me where. Uh, where's where at the Zare? It's made by the. the uh, <laughs> uh, you're just. I have no idea what you're saying now. Where's where at the Zare? I'm just saying nonsense. Now, there's also apparently a movie called Poison in the Zoo from 1952, a German mm. thriller, which has an interesting. Um, I like the artwork for it, which is like some big old guy's head and also a lady petting a leopard or something or a cheetah. Uh, uh, mm. after, uh, the synopsis of the film. Is as follows. After a series of mysterious deaths of animals at the zoo, the police are called in to investigate. That's the entire synopsis of this film, which yeah, I like it. They, 
There's some zoo action in uh, Cat People. A film I just uh, that watched. That was not include, uh, mentioned here. They're, they do mention Finding Dory. They mentioned something called Elephant Fury, which is a 1953 German well, film. Can, can you can you up can you update yes, it? Yes, I can. Isn't that updated? Uh, this is our first update on the podcast. All right, yeah. uh, and I'm going to update the Austin Powers spy who shagged me um, section to include a controversy uh, uh, tag. So that way people can chime in as to whether they think Austin knew he was drinking shit or whether he was thinking that he was just drinking bad coffee. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, going back to Austin Powers, that I find interesting about this is the soundtrack to Austin Powers The Spy Who Shagged Me is certified platinum, mm. selling 1.3 million copies in the United States. Uh, I have that soundtrack and listened to it mm-hmm. many times. And that's that. Uh, no uh, soundtrack I listened to a whole bunch back in the day, the Godzilla one that had uh, oh. the Puff Daddy come with me and had like a... F- I, re- I, I remember distinctly listening to the radio late at night uh, in 1998 and hearing the opening the chords Kashmir. to to Cashmere and thinking, oh God, please let it be the Puff Daddy one. <laughs> and it was the Led Zeppelin one and I turned it off. <laughs> And it also had a version of Brain Stew by Green Day that had Godzilla roars, like, worked into, like, the, like, so. I can't imagine that making Brain Stew better. It did it. Uh, it, it just, like, a rah, and there's, like, some, like, sort of, like, chill Foo Fighters song. I think there's a Rage Against the Machine song. I'm sure there's got to be a, a Wikipedia page for this. Uh, it was a big soundtrack. Oh, yeah, you know it. I accidentally typed in Goodzilla. For first, which reminded me. Oh, of, is there a Godzilla? You think there was, there was a, a briefly in professional wrestling at the WWE for a time period there. The I think we maybe talked about this on the podcast before when the the Godfather, the wrestling pimp, he he joined mm-hmm. the um, a stable called Right to Censor, which was a parody of the parents' television. Yeah, I remember this. and he became the Good Father. I remember yeah. this. Uh, okay, yep. Oh, Godzilla the album, perfect. Oh, Epic Records. Let's see here. Mainly alternative songs. Epic records for an epic yeah, soundtrack. Peaked at number two on the Billboard 200, reached platinum certification. Oh, ah, uh, this is what I wanted to talk about. I keep getting distracted by Austin Powers stuff. Uh, there are two Austin Powers Gay Boy Color. Ah, uh, awesome! I love it. Uh, one of them is called Austin Powers, O Behave, <laughs> which has a much more extensive. Uh, Wikipedia page, so I will talk about that for a little while. Uh, it came out uh, after Spy Who Shagged Me, uh, and it has several game modes. International Man in a platform, ga- platform game uh, as a platformer. Mojo Maze, which is a Pac-Man t- style game. Domination, a board game style. So this is just like all a bunch of mini games or something? Oh, and there's a multiplayer game. It has a score of Three at IGN. Uh, bad teeth, bad accent, bad Ooh. Game Boy Color game. You Ouch. burnt. And then there's another game uh, called Austin Powers: Colon Welcome to My Underground <laughs> Lair, which is more mini games. This one came out around the same time. I want to say they're they're the same game, just one your Austin Powers and another. Your Doctor oh. Evil, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is Welcome to My Underground Lair. This, this is nothing to do with your Mustafa. They wouldn't give the character by They would give. They would give the love interest, the Powers Girl, their own video game. What are you going to give one to Foxy Cleopatra? Yes, because Beyonce is famous. <laughs> 
I, I feel like this is a real dark moment in Beyonce's past. Oh, yeah. She's trying the whole acting thing, which never really worked for her. She didn't really have the chops for it. Mm. Like, she also... Did she not have the chops, or did we not give her the I the think chance? she had... I also remember seeing her in the movie Cadillac Records, where she played, I believe, Etta James. And she did, like, a fine job, mm-hmm. but, like, wasn't, like, anything, like, special. I feel like she had, like, you know, her opportunities... But how was she as, uh, what's her fucking face? The the lion. Uh, oh, yeah. Surat, uh, Nala. That's right. Nala. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a movie and soundtrack that have made absolutely zero impression on yeah. the culture. Well, that motherfucking movie made so much money. Like. Yeah, but did it ever come out? You tell I, me. I mean, I didn't see it. And, like, I don't feel like anybody. Yeah, yeah. does anyone remember that that movie but happened? It made so much money, but yeah, I feel like it just was. I, I would question whether, you know, the biggest movie of all time came out this year. I would argue that it. no one remembers that it happened. I, no, I think people remember. Do you remember? Thanos still. Do you is remember relevant. how long uh, Titanic was in theaters oh, for? Yeah. Or even Avatar was in theaters for? These are different like, times. Like, it felt like for. I, I know. I know it was different times, but it just feels like the attention span or memory of those movies is just so little. I, don't, I feel like, like Thanos is got he still got legs. Some juice left in him? I feel like it's over. I feel like it's already over. I feel like uh, the new Star Wars is going to come out. That'll just be the biggest movie yeah. ever for 10 minutes, and then like it'll just be on to but the next Star thing. Wars always and it's like, though, because people get really invested in Star Wars, and also they hate Rey yeah. because she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I think it'll probably have more legs than uh, this. Uh, Jabba the Hutt. Um, Endgame. <laughs> exactly. Jabba's back, baby. Yeah. I was also saying more legs to Jabba and, the Hutt because he's got no legs. He kind of has one leg. Does a tail? Does that count no, as a dude, leg? No, that dude. Do you think a slug has legs? I think it has one long leg that's flat, and no. uh, doesn't have snakes a snakes. Don't have legs either. S- snakes. They're on planes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have legs. No. Anyways, here's the the soundtrack to Godzilla the album. It starts off with. Heroes, the cover of the, the Bowie song by the Wallflowers. The awful, the awful cover. <laughs> Come with me, Pop Re- Daddy featuring Jimmy Page, a six-minute-long song. <laughs> Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai. <clears throat> no Shelter by Rage Against the Machine, which includes the lyric Godzilla. Is that a? Is that a? Co- is that a cover? Is that a? The Rage Against the Machine, No Shelter. Uh, no, it's a. It's a Rage Against. Or is that an yeah. original track? It includes the li- li- lyric Godzilla. Pure motherfucking filler. Get your eyes off the real killer. So they're still being political. Mm. Song five, Air by Ben Folds Five. Fittingly, they're the fifth song on the soundtrack. I wanted to do that on purpose. Six, Running Knees by a band called Days of the New. Uh, seven, Macy Day Parade by Michael Penn, who I think is married to Amy Mann, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. Walk the Sky is the A song. It's from Fuel, the band Fuel. Track 9, A320 by Foo Fighters. Track 10, Brain Stew, Godzilla Remix, Green Day featuring Godzilla. Track 11, Untitled by Silverchair. Track 12, Out There by Fuzzbubble. Track 13, Undercover by Joey Deluxe. Track 14, Opening Titles by David Arnold. And lastly, the song, uh, presumably Score, Looking for Clues by David Arnold. I'm reading about No Shelter now, and this is like a this is a serious well, song. This is like, why is this on the Godzilla soundtrack? 
Yeah, because like uh, that's like a you know classic Rage Against the Machine style. Yeah, they're uh, a Trojan horse for like very extreme politics. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, at, so it got this political attack consistent with the positions of RITM, advanced concert sales lyrics, and maintained websites. A careful reading in the lyrics will reveal potent political attacks on entertainment industry. The entirety of their rhetorical strategy. Uh, is realized in the presence of this song on the subject of Godzilla. Rage lyrically appropriates the soundtrack and utilizes the streamlined functioning of the corporate promotion to advance criticism of Godzilla and Hollywood's cr- consumption of audiences and their cultural identity. The presence of uh, Burkean irony uh, and refraction in No Shelter demonstrates that the band acknowledges its role in the circular relationship between the text and the commercial context. The song is set forth as a promotion of the film and its soundtrack, and yet it returns as an assault on that very context. Their political and commercial savvy attack on Godzilla creates a possibility of the very mechanisms that could stifle the impact of their leftist stance to be used to magnify and refract Rage's message throughout the chain of commercial promotion. Very interesting. We we could really use another Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, but uh, they're cool. Yeah, yeah, they had the Gorilla Radio. They had the song. uh, Yeah, light. Turn off those lights. I mean, you could say that the Spider-Man "Turn Off the Dark" (laughs) took a lot of cues from that song. Yeah, it's true. Uh, 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 Yeah, you know, especially when uh, Green Goblin's like. And they could have had a Battle of Los Angeles, but instead there's a different movie called Battle of Los Angeles. Ba- Battle yeah. LA. A bad movie. Yeah, bad movie for bad people. <laughs> yeah, I heard only Nazis go to yeah. see that movie. I wonder who was in Battle LA. But you ever watch the show? Uh, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart's in uh, Battle Colon Los Angeles, also known as Battle Colon LA, internationally as World Invasion. Battle Los Angeles. It grossed two hundred eleven point eight million, but received generally negative reviews. But still made back. Let's see. Aaron Eckhart, Michelle Rodriguez, Ramon Rodriguez, Bridget Moynihan, Neo, Michael Pena, Lucas Till, and the rest here on Gilligan's. Oh, <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> All right. Oh man, the dude who directed that—he has quite the directing career. He also directed *Darkness Falls*, *Rings*, *The Texas Chainsaw Massacre*, *The Beginning*, *The Killing Room*, *Wrath of the Titans*, and that *Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles* movie uh, with uh, fucking Megan Fox and Will Arnett in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But he did not direct the sequel *Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows*. That was directed by somebody named Dave Green. Who, what else has he directed here? Uh, oh, that's only his second film in his filmography. Uh, the first thing is something called Earth to Echo, which is a uh, found footage science fiction film from Disney. came out in 2014. Uh, anything else interesting happen here? No. Anything interesting? That's it for his career. Okay. I'm on the Woodstock 99. Oh. Uh, Page, you know who uh, makes an appearance in the uh, the picture for it? Uh, Raising oh, against the wow. machine, burning an American flag on stage. God, uh, that's yeah, so I figured cool. it would be like <laughs> it's one of the rare positives to take away from that event. What mostly people think about, yeah, Limp Biscuit being on stage and being like singing break stuff, and then a bunch of people like going nuts. Yeah, but so many people forget that Mike Ness played and Collective Soul Ooh, played. Collective Soul, they were there. Uh, and Creed featuring Robbie Krieger. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why? Why not? Apparently, yeah. uh, 
John Entwistle appeared on the Emerging Artists stage. <laughs> uh, what a slap in yeah, the face. But You know who else appeared on the Emerging Artists stage? Um, Muse. Uh, that, that, that actually makes sense. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see who else. This is very. I didn't even know there was an emerging artist. Well, I didn't even know there were emerging artists. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Dave Green, uh, Wikipedia page has a year of birth. Does not have a day or a month. It says he's thirty-five or thirty-six. Dave Green, if you're listening, update your Wikipedia page. Or if you know Dave Green, director of Teenage Ninja Turtles: Colon Out of the Shadows, somebody. Update his Wikipedia. Oh, he's got an. Wait, no. Does he have an official website? He does have an official website, but I'm looking at his, uh, his Wikipedia page now. Uh, on the Woodstock '99 page, I'm sorry to cut right. you off. There is an entry for Woodstock '50, and there is a line strike through <laughs> on it. That's Woodstock '50. That's like uh, I'm going to Dave. That's the one that never. That was canceled. Uh, oh right. This is weird. I went to Dave Green's web page. But it's password protected, so I don't know why Dave Green has a webpage. What are you hiding, Dave Green, director of Terminator, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, out of the... Ooh, that, I, my faux pas speaking makes me realize I want to see Terminator versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that would be... What is that? No, I think it's a good idea. It's not a thing that exists. I think it's a good idea. If, if, if the Terminators uh, fought the Ninja Turtles, it would be a good idea. Mm. It'd be able to breathe life into both of those universes because the new terminator movie despite the presence of linda hamilton and mackenzie davis uh doesn't look very good and i that there's never really been a good teenage mutant ninja turtle movie even the one that's vanilla ice rapping in it so if they combine those two worlds and have like ninja turtles and terminators and linda hamilton and mackenzie davis and uh, Megan Fox as April O'Neil and whoever Will Arnett was playing in that first movie. And I think he was playing Casey Jones, maybe? I think he's like playing like a, a camera sort of guy. Was he in the second one, too? Let's see. Uh, Brad Garrett played Krang. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Maybe I should see these movie, that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will Arnett. Uh, no, Stephen uh, Amell uh, played Casey Jones in the second one. I don't know if he's in the first one. Oh, Tyler Perry played Dr. Baxter Stockman. <laughs> Anyways, Lornet plays Vern uh, Fenwick, April's cameraman and friend who is revealed. Vern Fenwick. <laughs> yeah. This is not anything. Uh, apparently, yeah, apparently he is like... <laughs> do, you, do you think... Who do you think did more of a double take when they received the script? Will Arnett for Vern Fenwick or Brad Garrett, who got the role of Krang? Apparently, Vern, a.k.a. Vernon Fenwick, is a character that has existed um, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles world since even, like... He's apparently a character, like, on the animated show, even. Like, apparently he's, like, a... Always existed. He's in the he's on the other character section of uh, the Channel Six news staff. Vernon Fenwick, April's cameraman and rival news reporter. In season one, he had more of a serious and dedicated personality. Although he, shades of the cowardice and rivalry with April that would define Vernon's character through the rest of the series would sometimes surface. From season two onwards, he was written as a selfish, egotistical, opportunistic, and cowardly cameraman and co-reporter who would often go to great lengths to steal April's thunder. Although he's quick to see quick to see all the more dangerous assignments to April, now willing to put himself in harm's way. I have no idea what you're talking about. I do not remember I don't either. I all. swear 
I was a huge Ninja Turtle fan. I do not. I remember, remember April. This. I remember April real well. I remember. Maybe it's because they didn't uh, didn't make it to the movies. Pot, yeah. But I loved the I I I loved the TV show yeah. growing up, the cartoon. But like, uh, in you know, I've seen the movies more in later yeah. years than I've seen. I'm gonna. Uh, I just decided to try and look him up. Uh, images on the old uh, Wikipedia. I do not remember this guy at all. I think I had this uh, the cartoon character version of him though. I looked him up. He's got like a Vern Fenwick. Yeah, Vernon Fenwick. Uh, yeah, I, I don't okay, remember. I am Googling. Uh, do they have a picture of him? No, this is just sending me to... Okay, redirect it. I'm looking... Just I, redirects me to... I'm looking at yeah. Google Images, and I'm seeing a lot of animated photos of Vernon Fenwick. This is stupid as name. <laughs> I see a lot... Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember this yeah. character, but Will Arnett's well cast <laughs> in it. Although, I think there's a picture of... Hey, you're Brody? Uh, Adrian Brody, it looks even better. Yeah, a, <laughs> it looks all like Adrian perfect Brody. Perfect casting. If it, yeah. yeah, except for, uh, I, I read that he only wanted to do it if he could do uh, amalgamation between that and Rasta Man. <laughs> so he could uh, be like, April, protect your neck. Yeah. One of the worst <laughs> things that ever happened on SNL is, is Adrian Brody's Rasta That's Man. That's saying something, because a lot of bad things have happened on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was real. I do not remember that character at all. I, I had... And I had all like the toys. There was a video of it. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about no, Rasta. No. Yeah, I don't remember this and character. I, I had. I only watched the animated show. I had the toys. This is some Mandela effect. I shit. had all the toys. I had all the. I had the turtles. I had the turtles where you pull the string through them and they would like talk because they had like. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the pizza shooting thing where it was like a thing you, that would like sh- like it shot pizzas out of it. I had a crank. I had shredders. I had. Well, did you have this? Because I'm looking at it right now. It is a minion oh. version of Verded Fedwick. <laughs> I definitely do not have Minion Fenwick. Oh, oh. I, I sent you an image of it. Uh, it has oh. bizarre lips. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Uh, I wonder if they made an April O'Neil um, Minion too. Although I, I, I fear how that may turn out in the world of, uh, you know, internet art. Uh, an internet fan art of mm-hmm. animated things. Once you get into lady characters, you're always going down a slippery slope that's basically a sheer cliff when it comes to people's uh, drawings of lady characters on the internets. But, yep. Anyway, that's yep. the end of the show. <laughs> we, 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 got, we covered a lot of ground today. We covered more ground than yep. last week when we got kind of hung up on cheese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's glad you brought it up. Well, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, yep. It's the life force of America. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Gabber Media, for being the home to Chris and Matt Skim Wikipedia. Uh, thank you, Twitter, for being the home of the at It's Bazooka Joe um, Twitter account, my pirate uh, Bazooka Joe account that's not the official Bazooka Joe account, but I'm acting as if though it is because they don't have an actual account. And so until somebody tries to stop me, I'm going to keep acting as if though it is the official Bazooka Joe account. Uh, try to get verified. I should try and get verified. Uh, but maybe it has to be done through the Tops Corporation. Apparently owns Bazooka Joe, I found out. Tops, who makes those. No, they're doing nothing with the brand. They're doing nothing with the brand. So just let me let me do it. I'll probably have to, you know, uh, stop tweeting in the same tone I have been uh, and stop tweeting <laughs> political things, and, uh, you know, uh, calling the Republican Party fascists. But 
Yeah, don't you also keep uh, tweeting about how it's unfair that children should be vaccinated and that the government should stay out of your kids' medical lives? I just feel like I don't want more. I feel I fear that Mort has autism and I don't want that to happen to any more children other than Mort. That's why he has to wear that turtleneck over his face to cover his autism. Who is who is Mort? In the Bazooka Joe universe. All right, that's it. Let's, let's go. He's the guy that wears the turtleneck over his that's face. That's enough <laughs> more talk. Uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, that uh, Find us on the internet and, like, you know, leave us comments or something. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Who gives a shit? This has been Chris and Matt, Skim Wikipedia. I'm Chris, by the way. I never said that. I know. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I'm Matt. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and as always, uh, keep watching the... What's that character's name? <laughs> Vernon Fenwick? <laughs> Keep watching the Vernon Fedwicks. All right.